Welcome to the Fleet FYI's podcast, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that reveals how you can make the most of your data for smarter fleet management. My name is Gretchen, and every week I'll be sharing with you not only over two decades worth of data insights, but some of the industry's hottest talking points and key metric analysis with the aim to help you better understand your fleet from every angle. Before we begin, if this is the first time you've heard our show, Thanks for stopping by. Once you finish today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, I would really appreciate it. Give us a rating, five stars, I hope, or tell us what you liked or leave us a comment or a question about what you've heard in today's episode. If we haven't yet covered a topic that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We would be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. Let's dig in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fleet FYI's podcast. I am super excited to bring to you today's episode because we have a recurring guest that you may have heard on Fleet FYI's before. Our very own director of analytics, Paul Milner, will be on the show today. And the cool part is, is not only is Paul one of the best people, I think, to talk to about data, especially when it surrounds fleet and vehicles, but he's also really interested in modeling life cycles of electric technology, especially where the comparisons between internal combustion engines and electrics are concerned. Today on the show, he's going to be delving into all of that and more life cycle projections, all of the interesting fuel data that I'm sure you have been after for a while, and I think it's just going to be a really fun conversation. Before I jump into the show, though, and introduce you once again to Mr. Paul Milner, I do want to touch on really quickly that we do have a super exciting free resource out now available on the Utilimark Surveys page, which is www.utilimark.com forward slash surveys if you're interested in looking a little bit more at electric vehicles, how people are reporting on them, and what the performance has been like in 2023. And also, here's my favorite bit about it. It's actually talking about some of the makes and models that fleets are most likely to purchase from or have already purchased from, how they're feeling about the purchases they made going forward into the 2023 year, and a look back at 2022. So if you're interested in downloading that free resource, you can find it at utilimark.com forward slash surveys and find it under the electric vehicle performance survey for 2023. Now, let's get into the show. to bring you on today just so that we could talk about um, electric vehicles and how they're changing the landscape of fleet, most specifically the cost structures that you're seeing behind the scenes when it comes to EV pilots or folks that are implementing EVs into their fleet structure. Can you tell me a little bit about how the cost structures have shifted compared to internal combustion engines as fleets have started to adopt this new technology? Sure. And, and I should say as a caveat that like a lot of the stuff that we're doing is exploratory in, in the sense that we're, we're building in a lot of assumptions of, of how these 
vehicles are going to perform out in the field and trying to identify what impact that that might have on the organization overall based off of these list of assumptions. Um, one of the things that we've looked into like recently is, is trying to identify what impact uh, an electric unit is going to have on life cycle analysis, right? So we have in the past built our life cycle analysis to try to establish at what point in time it starts becoming more expensive to continue to maintain a vehicle versus purchasing a, a new vehicle. Um, and, you know, for a typical like half ton pickup truck, right? That's, we could run a general estimate of like about $42,000 for a purchase price of the vehicle and say it runs 15,000 miles a year, right? We can identify using this model when we think is the optimum point to replace that asset. But the, the question that we've been playing around with is, you know, how different will the life cycle for an electric vehicle be with the similar type of utilization? So what's been the biggest difference you found? Um, because, you know, we've talked in the past, I believe, and this was, you know, multiple episodes ago. So uh, no need to remember our exact conversation here. But, um, you know, the the question of life cycle itself, what would you say would be the typical one that you see for, we'll say, utility fleets, for example? What's the typical life cycle of a light duty pickup compared to or similar, right? Um compared to what would be a light duty electric pickup um, in comparison in terms of total life cycle? Sure. So, um, you know, the life, uh, uh, kind of a sweet spot, that, that optimum life cycle for an electric pickup. And it, and it depends industry-wide. It's going to vary depending on how many miles and what your residual values are and all these other factors. But again, with uh, if you look at our model and plug-in assumptions around 15,000 miles a year, we're typically going to see about a nine, an eight or nine year life cycle for that half-ton pickup truck. Um, and, and I think 15,000, I'm, I'm not sure why we ran the model that way. That's a little higher than maybe what we see industry average across um, our utility clients. Usually they're between probably 12 and 15,000 miles a year. Um, but like, in, in theory, right, if you think about an electric vehicle co compared to an ICE vehicle, there's there's two primary differentiators. One is there's a higher initial cost associated with that vehicle, anywhere between, you know, 30 and 50 percent up, up charge in terms of the initial purchase price of, of that vehicle, right? And that's going to have the impact of shifting that ownership curve, right? That's one half of our life cycle analysis is ownership. The other half is maintenance. And by shifting that cost up, right, that winds up extending your life cycle. Now, the other curve that you look at is the maintenance side of things, all right? And, and you know, the OEMs are basically saying that we're going to see, you know, 40% reduction in the maintenance cost for the electric units, because of the simpler engine and no oil changes and all these other things. Um, well, that's, that's good in principle, right? Like the effect on your life cycle is that again, maintenance cost shifting down actually has another impact of increasing um, your life cycle for the, for the vehicle. So we went through and just basically tried to, to build these assumptions into our model, you know, taking that electric unit, um, and saying, well, what happens if we bump up the, the, the purchase price of the vehicle by 40%, make it a $60,000 unit? And what happens if we take 40% of the historic maintenance that we'd expect 
uh, a gas vehicle to need. Um, and that those two factors together basically extended that life cycle from that optimum point of about nine years out to about 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. So we're getting getting close to doubling the life cycle associated with that asset from, from a purely economic standpoint based off of some of these assumptions. So do you feel like fleets could still be productive with vehicles that they're keeping almost double the amount of time that they typically would, um, just assuming that the vehicle is electric instead of internal combustion? Um, it's possible, but I think they need to plan around it. And right, there's lots of assumptions that go into this type of model. Right. So we have historic information on on the electric vehicles or not on the electric vehicles, on the gas vehicles. And that that curve has a specific type of behavior. So even though we're saying, well, we expect 40 percent savings and and we're shifting it down, it is possible that the electric vehicle won't follow that same type of curve. Right. Historically, the maintenance curve on a maintenance cost per mile basis for a gas vehicle has been fairly linear. But one of the things we need to make sure on the electric vehicles is does it follow that same linearity, right? Or do we see big spikes in maintenance cost, you know, in, in year 10 or 12 once the once the battery is out of warranty, right? And you might wind up replacing a battery. Who knows? Um, but, you know, even beyond that point, some of the complaints that we've gotten from clients um, it, in the past, when we've recommended not not for half ton pickup trucks, but for other um, trucks, these really long life cycles, they say it's not feasible, right? Because the even though the engine is fine, right, the chassis is beat to hell, right? In either from you know rust damage or you know just the internal of the car that you know they're replacing the seats, right? Because the guys have worn holes in all the seats if they're holding on to them for fifteen years, right? Mm-hmm. So. As a as a fleet manager, it starts to make you think about, you know, do you optimize your life cycle policy around something other than the cost performance, right? You know, dr- driver satisfaction may start to become a, a, a bigger portion of, of your understanding if you're planning on replacing these vehicles, you know, beyond 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're almost at a point where it could be, how do I want to phrase this? And of course, totally opinion question here, right? Do you think we're almost at a point where the cost of an EV could still have an optimal life cycle of about nine or 10 years and still be cost efficient? Well, and that's, <laughs> that's actually the, the funny part about it is that it, even though you look at the optimum life cycle of the electric vehicle being so much older, right? Like we, we actually ran these as scenarios when we were doing this, like even if you run a suboptimal life cycle for an electric vehicle, right? And say, say you want to replace it at that same eight or nine year timeframe that you would have replaced the gas vehicle. Right. Uh, We're actually seeing that the, TCO for the suboptimal life cycle for an electric vehicle is actually still expen- competitive or beating the gas vehicle. And the, and the reason for that has nothing to do with the maintenance cost or the purchase price. It's, it's strictly speaking the fuel cost, right? Because because the, the estimates that we have based off of, you know, multiple national laboratories is that the, the energy cost per mile right, to actually keep these vehicles on the road is 50 to 60% less than a, than a gas vehicle. 
Um, and, and to us, that's really funny because like fuel cost is something that like normally we don't even bake into our life cycle analysis because there's always been this assumption of like consistency and or, or I guess I should say consistently unpredictable costs of fuel mm-hmm. associated with, with gas, right? I think so, it's all a volatility so that we're comfortable with too. <laughs> right, right, right. So we're always just kind of more comfortable leaving it out. But in, in reality, that's kind of what makes up the difference. And without that fuel cost savings, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense, right? It, at, at, from an economic perspective to pursue these vehicles. Because of that, even if we don't see a 40% reduction in the maintenance cost of the electric vehicles, right? The, the fuel cost savings is is still enough to make them competitive, even at those suboptimal prices. Um, but again, as as a as a fleet manager, that's weird, right? Because because like fleet managers have been coming to us for years and been like, you know, help me find this this optimal economic life cycle so I can justify my capital investments, and and we're going. Okay, well, technically, this isn't optimal, but it's still cheaper than what you're doing today. So maybe that's okay. <laughs> maybe that's optimal. Is there a new definition for it? Potentially. <laughs> oh, too funny. So then, how would you say a fleet manager today then could make the most use of um, understanding this optimal life cycle that you've got going here? Well, I think in in some cases they need to start to prepare the organization for this potential, right? Like, like we, we could be holding on to these vehicles a lot longer than, than we are historically. Right. So, so in some cases that's going to mean, are, are there additional things you want to add to the vehicle specification to make sure that it can actually last as long as might align with that optimal life cycle? So are there, undercarriage packages is the rust protection packages that you want to add on to, to some of the equipment um, and, and take that into consideration when you're actually designing the vehicle. Um, you know, si- similarly preparing the operators, right. For the potential and having a, a change management plan in place, right. So maybe not going extending the life cycle of these assets immediately, but communicating that, Hey, you know, we're going to start to extend these life cycles, see how long they last and, and being transparent with that change for the operators so that they're not kind of stunned when, uh, you know, they have your average age metrics start to go through the roof. Right. Mm-hmm. I think those are two important things to keep in mind as, as you're starting to think about the life cycle policy of these electric units. Sure. And then is there anything else before we wrap up today? Is there anything else you'd like to add about EVs and their cost structures and how they relate to their internal combustion counterparts that have been traditionally used? Well, since horses and buggies were actively on the road. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I guess uh, my, my only caveat is, is that it's, it's really fun for guys like me to play with the math. Right. And, but oh my gosh, there are so many assumptions that go into this, right? Like we're assuming that, residual values of the electric units are going to be similar to their gas counterparts. Do we know that? Heck no. Um, you know, we're baking into all sorts of assumptions on what the fuel cost structure is actually going to look like and whether or not optimally charging your vehicles is actually impacting that TCO, which just hasn't been as big of an issue with fuel costs. You know, usually you negotiate at bulk, bulk fuel costs. That's not really the way that 
the electric units are structured as far as charging those vehicles are today. So it's 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 kind of fun for for me to get to be able to play in such a theoretical space. But we're we're really interested in seeing how this actually winds up shaping out as more and more of these vehicles uh, come into service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally get it. Well, thanks for talking about cost structures and EV analytics with me today. I think at least I've really enjoyed the conversation. So hopefully everybody listening has too. Um, And we will look forward to next week because I think you've got an interesting topic on what they call a fleet model coming up. Is that right? Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, More math for everyone. (laughs) We love that. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Bye-bye. Well, I think that episode was absolutely jam-packed with a bunch of goodies from the one and only Paul Milner. And one thing I always like about having Paul on the show is that he's able to so articulately dive into data and life cycling and basically what it all means for fleets and how it can actually be really impactful. So if you are feeling like me and you're loving these episodes, please, please, please do let me know. Uh, you know where to find me. You can send me an email. You can tag me on LinkedIn. Use the hashtag UtilimarkFleetFYIs. Or you can send me a carrier pigeon. And the same goes for if you have any questions. If you have any questions about electric vehicle analytics, about life cycle modeling, whatever you want to ask me about, even cost centers or ask Paul, you know where to find us. If you want to get in touch with Paul Milner directly, you can find him at the email address pmilner, M-I-L-N-E-R at utilimark.com. But until next week, where we will be talking about the one and only fleet model, as mentioned a little bit earlier... I'll speak to you later. Ciao. Hey there, it's me again. I think it's time to cue the virtual high five because you've just finished listening to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. If you're already wanting more on all things fleet and vehicle technology, head over to utilimark.com, which is utilimark with a C, U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com for this episode's show notes and extra insights coming straight from our analyst to you. That's all from me this week. So until next time, I'll catch you later.